Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 25. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Joined today by the illustrious, the wonderful Tally Coughlin. Um, Tally, thanks for being in the chair. Happy to. And we are going through the book of Matthew, um, you know, kind of in bits and chunks throughout this calendar year. And, uh, you know, Jesus, his ministry has officially begun. And um, today is a big kind of milestone moment which is he he begins to assemble his, his entourage of disciples yep. um who you know are are going to become extremely pivotal in, pivotal in the story of Jesus and in the story of the church mm-hmm. uh, primarily yeah. so uh we have the the sons of Zebedee uh we have fishermen um and then you know we kind of have this zoom out uh look at Jesus teaching healing and gaining this following right. from all these different types of people from different uh, parts of the region. So what are your thoughts, Tally, on kind of everything going on here in Matthew 4 today? Well, there's, it's really a great introduction. Um, but sometimes I think when we're just reading one gospel, we forget the context of that the other four gospels provide. Mm. And so in reading this, it can sound like this may be the first time that Jesus saw Peter and Andrew in the boat and the sons of Zebedee. But Mm -hmm. if we read in John and Luke, he actually had met them once before or several times before. Um, And so, but this moment when he sees them, this seeing is a call to action to them. And Mm -hmm. it's a call to not just um, follow him, but full-time, you know, abandoning their professions. And it's a full-time commitment to following him. Um, But what I love is that when he sees them, they're doing, they're not idly waiting. Mm. They're not passively sitting around this working hard, this diligence, it showed something about their character that he saw Mm. as like, this is important in the disciples of me. And so I just love thinking and considering about fishers, fishermen during that time and the character that they brought to this world, the early mornings, the hard work, the grit and determination that mm-hmm. was who they were. Yeah. Um, and so Jesus, having seen who they were, called them to mm-hmm. be part of his team of disciples who would share the gospel. And I don't know, I just love thinking about it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I love, you know, the the criteria uh, does not match up with sort of what we might expect the son of God 
uh, when selecting his inner circle. Yeah. Um, he's not going to the palace and he's not even going to synagogues yes. and temple, the temple to so choose his followers. He's, he's going to the market, you know, he's going to, uh, the place where people are fishing, um, yeah. to kind of the, the grungy corners of real life. Right. Yeah. And there he's finding these people, you know, uh, Thomas, uh, preached on this text a few months ago at young adults and it added a really interesting color. Um, you know, Thomas, he, he knows a lot about, um, sort of Hebrew culture and Jewish tradition, um, and helps like color in some of these texts with that. And one of the things that's really interesting is this is sort of mimicking the rabbinical process, Mm. the process of becoming a rabbi. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I might botch parts of this, but the general thought is um, when boys would be growing up in Hebrew culture, you know, there are kind of these different tiers of education right. that they would progress through. And, you know, it's similar to ours. The higher that you progress, you know, if you're ambitious, if you're smart, if you're bright, if you're privileged, especially, you know, you're going to yeah. go on to the next one. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it would start off with kind of basic know-how, street smarts, Hebrew education. And then, you know, move on into things like memorizing the Torah and then memorizing all the law and prophets, you you know, as you're like getting your PhD, whatever. And then when you get to the end of that, um, there would be a rabbi, you know, you'd be sitting under rabbis, much like sitting under a professor. Right. And at the end of this extensive education, uh, a rabbi would go, you know, to a pupil or a few pupils and say, follow me, come follow me. And then they would basically become like the intern, like a pastoral intern of sorts, the apprentice Mm -hmm. of the rabbi. And so it's very similar language and whatnot to what Jesus is using here. But ironically, you know, fishermen, they they would have been the first dropouts, like (laughs) just get through the street smarts uh, phase and then drop out. Right. And so he's teaching in the synagogue. You know, people considered him uh, a rabbi, a teacher, maybe a prophet at this point. Um, But, you know, he's teaching in the synagogues. He's kind of this mysterious, strange, Mm. gritty, like rabbinical figure. And yet the people that he's offering the bid to, the come follow me, it's these crusty, zealous, (laughs) um, you know, hot tempered. You know, Zebedee, the sons of thunder is yeah. like literally what that means. Yeah. And uh, and so it's these like boisterous, uneducated right. men. Yeah. And Jesus uses them right. ultimately to change human history. That's right. And to build a church. Yeah. And I think that that just like speaks so graciously into our life. It of, does. Like, man, like God doesn't look at Talik Hoffman and see what strengths can uh, I use. Certainly. But more, he looks at us and says like, what strengths? what weaknesses can I work through? That's right. And like my glory be displayed. So yeah. do you have any other thoughts on that or anything else kind of in this, this passage? Well, I mean, just in response to what you said, like the king of kings isn't calling princes into his palace. Mm. He's Man. calling the dirty, broken yeah, and um, lowly. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the phrase, follow me. Like in this day and age, like what that means means something very different from what you just shared. Mm. Like followers on Instagram, followers hmm. on Twitter. Yeah. It's like, I'm looking at something, but do I know it? Do I know them? Is there a connection? Is there a touch? Is there a yeah. relationship? Yeah. It's, it means something so different. And I think when we read the Bible, 
we ha- we have to recognize that there is a modern mind disconnect in all of our reading. Like yeah. it just is there. We as even as I try to immerse myself into a biblical world, you know, imagining we were just in Israel in March. I was in Galilee. I was walking around Peter's house. Like I saw wow. the water that Jesus walked on, yeah. right? Like this was I can imagine and the smells, the touches and the taste. And yet, when I read this, the cost of follow me still does not hit as hard. Yeah. as it was for them to abandon their livelihood and fully commit to following Jesus and learning from him. But I love how it also it's it's a it's a it's a three-part thing like he's asking them to follow him but then he's going to form them mm. and then they're going to act in fishing. So he's forming them. He says, "I will make you fishers of men." Mm. They already are fishers, fishermen of the sea, but Mm -hmm. he's going to be the one who forms them to be uh, fishers of men. And and that's like a spiritual formation. It's like a promise of what's to come, which they likely had no idea Mm -hmm. was going to occur in their life over the years and following Jesus. Um, But what a great call. And and what, I mean, and I, I feel like I've heard so many messages about this, but the immediate response that they had, Mm-hmm. The immediate response. I mean, that speaks to the power of God and the the impact of the spirits quickening in them because we are dead in our trans- trespasses. Yeah. We cannot move. Yeah. And so when God moves on us, we can't but help respond immediately. And so I love just this evident evidence of his working in their heart to cause an immediate response out of them. Absolutely. You know, this is another thing that we'll see in Matthew, and uh, you certainly just see it all throughout the Gospels. Um, But Jesus, he completely fulfills all righteousness, but he also totally subverts the like Levitical Mm -hmm. law system. Mm -hmm. And I think we begin to see that here in the second section, 23 through 25, when it zooms out and talks about how his fame spreads and all these people are bringing all these sick and demon oppressed and all, you know, different ailments and afflictions to Jesus. Um, in the Levitical law, the worst thing that could happen if you're like a righteous person, if you're a priest that's like ready to go into the Holy of Holies or just generally righteous and considered ceremonial clean, ceremonially clean. Yeah, which was a big deal. It was a big deal. And the worst thing that could happen would be you being approached by uncleanness. Right. You know, yeah. you, you, you had to flee. You had to like put up borders, you know, yeah. because yeah. if you would come in contact if Tally Coughlin were clean and you came in contact with a dead body or yeah. someone with leprosy. Blood. Yes, blood. Really, then, just a scrape. Yes, that impurity mm-hmm. comes upon you. Yeah. Your your cleanness does not go into it. The right. uncleanness of the thing, you know, uh, it, it trumps your cleanness. Yeah. But with Jesus, his purity... And, and, you know, there's a lot of theology behind this, like the yeah. virgin birth, like all, all these things like kind of grow up into this. But his holiness is so powerful and his purity is so radiant yeah. that as he comes in contact with sickness, as he comes in contact with affliction, hmm. his cleanness goes out right. from him. Right. And that's just like so powerful as yeah. we think of who Jesus was and is and how that affects us as unclean people approaching God. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's an amazing, it's an amazing reminder of like, Jesus is not like us. Well, I was just thinking when you were saying that, my brain just started like sparking all these thoughts. Like 
uncleanness is something we transfer. Mm. We cannot transfer cleanness to one another. Yeah, That can only be transferred by a holy God and by a perfect savior. And so that's just like amazing that he was able to come in contact with that and it not be transferred onto him. But not just that, that he took it upon himself and it did not tarnish or change him. Yeah. Um, So just amazing. He's so kind. I love how it says that he, he was teaching and preaching. And I think that sometimes we find that to be, you know, redundant, but it's actually not Mm. because the preaching is a confident like proclamation and an uncompromising proclamation. And a teaching is like an explanation, Mm. um, an explanation, like a teasing out of the significance of something. And so he not only was like proclaiming the kingdom of God was near, um, but that he took the time to explain it. And that's just such a loving, loving God to do Amen. that for us. Not just to tell us, okay, this is good news. Now follow, but this is good news. Now understand it. Amen. Yeah. I mean, one of the themes we already see that we've been teasing out is the character of Jesus, namely his humility and patience and meekness. And, uh, you know, first, and uh, how he comes into the world, how he is born, yeah. uh, you know, through the filth and agony of childbirth. And then um, how he he approaches John the Baptist, not saying like, "All right, John, thanks for clearing the path. Right. Like, see ya. <laughs> right. Like enjoy thanks your retirement." For the way no, for but me. he he like submits to his baptism yeah. and and enjoys the ministry of mm. John, supports the ministry That's of right. John. Yeah. Um, and you know, countless other things. And now we see it here: the the patient shepherd teacher. Um, who's here to bring cleanness mm. um, to all these different types of people from all these different regions, even beyond the Jordan. Yeah. It's good news. It is good news. I love it. All right. Well, tomorrow, um, you know, the ministry of Jesus is getting going and tomorrow it's really going to kick into full gear as we jump into the Sermon on the Mount, um, which I'm, I'm stoked for. So uh, we'll see you then for Tally Coughlin. This is Will Carlisle. We'll see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404 465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.